Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art, where we bring you a new story about your world in every episode. Today's guest is Mark Peña, our very own gay Latino meteorologist, who delivers the weather to 5.5 million people in the D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. We'll talk about his Texas roots, how politics have crept into weather forecasting, and why warnings by your local weather can save your life. Thank you for following the Jesse Garcia Show, now on Threads, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. There's a science behind predicting the weather. It's no longer just a pretty face standing in front of a green screen, waving their hands to show cold fronts progressing. No, in this day and age, weather forecasters bring you hourly weather reports. They break down the science to teach you in plain language how weather works, and they help keep you safe when storms hit. Becoming a meteorologist requires a lot of math, science, and understanding how nature works over time to help determine what the day will be like tomorrow. Years of learning about the weather, coupled with learning how to present the weather to a live audience in broadcast, takes a very special talent. English language weather news programming fields tend to be dominated by white males. So when a queer Latino steps into that role, that feat alone is quite an accomplishment. Although Latinos make up 19% of the U.S. population, we only occupy 12% of these coveted roles in weather at your local ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox stations. Last year, the Washington, D.C. ABC affiliate, WJLA, hired Texas native Mark Benya to deliver the weather. We'll talk to him today about his journey and about how your local weather forecaster is better than any weather app you can download. I want to welcome to the show a new friend I met this past year who has recently joined one of the most watched TV news networks in the Washington, D.C. area. Welcome, Mark Benya. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Before we start, I want to know, what got you interested in meteorology? Um, it, so it goes back to when I was a kid. Um, there was a really bad tornado that happened just to the north of Austin. It's uh, still to this day, it happened in 1997, um, the last F5 tornado to hit the state of Texas. And it's it's an F5, not an EF5, because this was still back when they were just using the Fujita scale. So it's just an F5. Still has the same um, wind rating and everything. It's just called the, the F5. But anyways, this happened like 20 miles north of where I was living as a kid. And I just remember being terrified, seeing all the like national coverage of it on, on TV. And um, over time, you know, that happened when I was seven, you know? So over time, I slowly just, I was always watching the weather, always watching the weather, just always reading books, watching documentaries. And um, over time, it just became a passion of mine, you know, just of just constantly always knowing the weather. I was always watching it, reading it. And um, I even, after high school, I graduated with a communica- I graduated with a communication degree from the University of Texas in San Antonio and was working at Facebook. And uh, I still just had this, this fire, I guess you could say, inside of me of wanting to study the weather. So I quit my job at Facebook and uh, went back to school and uh, got my degree and uh, and started working in as a meteorologist. And and now I get to talk about the weather every single day and it's it's a dream of mine. So it's wonderful. This is how old I am. 
I lived in San Antonio when that tornado hit Gerald, Texas. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. Oh, and I remember 30 people died. I mean, it was damage that spread out from San Antonio to Waco. And to this day, I still remember it being so bad. And one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And not only is it the last F5 to hit Texas, but it's also in the top, like, just worst tornadoes ever. The damage, how slow it was moving, how unique it was in the path. Normally, they'll they'll travel from southwest to northeast. This one was traveling along a dry line from northeast to southwest. So a lot of people were caught off guard because of the direction it was moving. So just a, a really bad one all around. And again, as a kid, I had no idea about any of that. I just saw the damage and was just like terrified. It moved you. Yeah. So I'm so yeah. happy you decided to go on this career path because we don't get yeah. that many. I don't see that many Latino uh, folks' uh, faces when they're giving the weather reports, sure. on, especially on American television. So I want to know, what is a typical day for you when you plan your forecast? And for yeah. our listeners, Mark just started his gig here in D.C. in one of the largest TV stations, the ABC affiliate WJLA. Congratulations, Mark, on that. Thank you. How does it? What's a day like for you? Well, you know, um, there's so much, so many ways to get information now. Um, and a lot of it is off of the um, the National Weather Service websites. And so I have access to that from home. So usually whenever I am uh, at home, I'll, I'll read up, you know, and like, you know, forecasting weather, you're able to kind of have a, at least a, an idea of when any kind of weather is going to be happening. So like for now, I know it's going to be sunny for at least the next five or six days. So like I'm kind of resting easy when it comes to forecasting. But like <laughs> last week, for instance, uh, we had those severe storms and um, we had the severe storms. And I knew going into work that day that I was going to need to really kind of switch the gear on, get there early, read up on all the all the different forecast discussions. We have access to a whole different uh, a, a variety of different kind of forecast models. Um and you just kind of have to know how to interpret all those. And so um, usually I'll come in, I'll have an idea again of at least kind of what to expect that day. And then when I get to work, I start really kind of doing the nitty gritty. I get my forecast models. I start forecasting temperatures. Usually I do temperatures first and then I'll look at precipitation. Because um, with precipitation forecasting, it's a lot harder because it's models change almost daily you know so my the way i like to forecast is like let me get an idea of when to expect the rain and focus more on that and not so much like this town is going to get rain and this one isn't you know it's more of just like hey you know we got a system coming in we'll have to watch out for some showers that day timing we can kind of pinpoint timing but location is very difficult so um just try to get as best of a forecast as I can with the information that I have. The farther out it is, the more difficult it is, the closer in time it is, you kind of have a better idea. Um, There's a lot of pressure on you because, you know, 5.5 million people in the area will plan their day oh, yeah. activity <laughs> uh, around the weather schedule. And you're talking right. about school closures, event closures. So right. do you feel that pressure? Not really. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Cause again, this is just something that I love. So, um, I just, uh, again, I just do the best I can with the information that I have. And, um, I just, I, you know, I, I'm always very cognizant too of giving my forecast of like, Hey, I'm not confident on this. I'm giving you the best that I can with what I have. Um, and so, you know, just stay tuned and, you know, we will try to give you a better forecast as it gets closer. 
because um, what you a lot of people I think don't realize we're predicting the future with math and science. <laughs> you know, exactly. there, there's there's gonna there's there's gonna be a, a um a pretty big margin of error um with with any kind of prediction, but especially over something so um significant and widely known as the weather you know yeah um, but no i i love what i do and, and and no i don't feel i don't ever feel nervous or anything like that actually well you said math and science which is something that you know there are facts but nowadays we got a lot of people that are questioning facts and most recently a weatherman in iowa quit his job after 18 years because his audience harassed him um for reporting on climate change you know mm-hmm. Have you ever reported on climate change? And if so, have you ever received negative feedback? Um, in my last station in Austin, we were a, a big, we were, as like a weather team, we were big on climate change. Um, and here, not that we're not, um, but it just hasn't been um, a focus. Because um, I think here, our station is more of just like, just getting the getting the forecast out, right? People... Because weather and climate are, are, are different, you know, um, the weather forecast changes every single day, whereas climate, that's something that you have to see a trend over, you know, and what, uh, can, what you I explain, like, can you explain to our listeners about climate? Like, yeah, so climate, I, I wish I could give you like a, a synopsis. Web, <laughs> yeah, well, like, like, you know, a, a, a very, like, a very exact definition. But the way that I view climate is it's the it's the average of weather weather changes every day just like with numbers right if you get like a whole lot of numbers each one of those is different but you can average that out over a long period of time right so climate is very much the same thing you're going to get weather every single day and it's over it and depending on what you want to focus on if it's temperatures if it's precipitation if it's whatever wind you can average that out over a long period of time and that's your climate you know what i mean um and so and so with that yeah there are hard facts that show that it's changing you know um earth naturally does go through climate cycles of warming and cooling but it's a it's a given fact that anthropological climate change is happening because of all the co2 that's getting pumped into the atmosphere that's a that's a gas that when it's when it's put up in the air, it, it just warms. That's what it does, you know? Exactly. And so when we're, when we're putting so much additional CO2 in the atmosphere, it's giving our natural warming cycle, like a turbo boost at this point. You know what I mean? It's so much additional heating that wouldn't have been there had we not been putting all that in the atmosphere. And it's, um, we're already seeing the effects of it. I mean, my goodness, in the past week, how many different flooding um, reports have you seen? There's been the ones in China, the, the ones in Greece, Libya um, had a whole city basically wiped off the face of the of the of the surface, you know. And that's what we're going to start seeing more of with all the heat in the atmosphere. That's fuel needed for just any storm to to become not more severe, but it just gives it that much more energy to work with, right? Yes, and so. While we're not really going to be seeing more of anything, this weather that d- is forming, it's just getting it's getting hyper boosted. There's just so much more energy. It's, it's a strong, these, it's stronger. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, 
and we're yeah. going to see more like it's we're seeing more extremes of everything more severe droughts more severe flooding the average like the middle ground the 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 middle ground that we've had and where a lot of our society has been built off of it's getting stretched pretty thin now we're not seeing we're not seeing a lot of that anymore at least not as much as we've seen in the past we're seeing a lot more of these just extreme rainfall events extreme droughts um so yeah yeah um with all the advanced technology that we have i'm going to switch gears here now yes why are pe- why are people still putting themselves in danger you know you already warn about you know all this flooding or the wind and stuff like that but people sometimes they just don't take heed they don't evacuate when they need to from like hurricane zones sure. or people the most common one is that they'll drive over flooded street oh gosh they, that, how does that yeah, make yeah. you feel when you like provide them the information ahead uh, of i it's the bane of my existence whenever <laughs> whenever i see people driving through flooded roadways um it i i don't i think a lot of it has to do that they just they don't know the science you know how the yeah. pressure of that two inches of water rushing is yeah. going to you know, it's gonna bring it's, come with force. Yeah, well, it's it's six inches. Six inches of, of moving water can move an entire car off of its uh off of the surface. You know, um, and and six inches. I mean, that's that's half a foot. That's that's not that much. And keep in mind, it doesn't have to rain six inches. It like flowing water can. It, you know, um, whenever we talk gather. about flash flooding, yeah, whenever we talk about flash flooding, it's not like the river flooding that you see in the Midwest. We're like you know, it goes out for miles, you know, flash flooding can happen um, in a drainage ditch. It can happen in a low water crossing. It can happen in our creeks and streams, which are normally low. And so when all the water from everywhere else filters into that, it can stack up really high and get two, three, four feet deep, you know? And the thing is, is like, you have no idea how deep that water is. And when you drive through it, you run the risk of putting a lot of people at danger, not only you and anybody that's in your vehicle, but the first responders that have to go and rescue you. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And granted, that is that is part of their job description, but it's like if it can be avoidable, why even put yourself through that? You know, you're putting yourself at risk, you're putting that responder at risk, and you're taking that responder away from other duties that he can do to help the rest of the public. Yeah, right. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm just so it just I really hate seeing those reports for the risk. No, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, why are you putting yourself in that situation? Right. Um, do you have any helpful apps that you recommend so people can stay on top of the weather? Um, yeah, I I like to use um radar scope. It's uh, it's a it's a live um it's a live radar app. It's pretty high definition. You can see some really like really um solid images off of it. Um, the thing with that though, you have to know your radar sites. It's not like a um. It's not like what you see on most radar apps where you can like scroll around and see different parts of the country. It's you only see one particular radar sites images. So like I have mine on Sterling, which is our radar site here in Washington, D.C. But I've also got the one up in Philly, because if something's coming from the north, I want to be I want to see the one that's that's up there. And I think that's called Mount Holly. And then I have the ones to the south down in like Richmond and Virginia Beach, you know, to see if anything's coming up from the south. And, uh, and then have the ones out west. Um, so it's high definition, but you have to kind of, it's not really uh, user friendly um, for like the average user. Um, 
of course, our our first alert weather app is is super handy. It's got a radar detection on it. Um, it lets you know if there's radar nearby, and it's pretty accurate too. Like I've had some pretty loud thunder, which would mean that the lightning strike was pretty close, and it'll tell you like lightning struck within 0.25 miles away. You know, so um, there's that. Um, of course, the Weather Channel has a has a good app as well. Um, what else? Your family members. Do your family members call you for like a personalized weather report for their? Uh, no, no, they don't. They don't. But like when I was home, uh, you know, I would I would just tell them like, hey, watch out. There's this coming. There's this coming. You know, so. But they have um, apps now for that. So that's yes, that. yes. And let me say this thing with the apps. They're they're good for for knowing like. Like if you want to know if it's going to rain tomorrow, right? the most apps are really good at letting you know hey there's a chance of rain tomorrow right but for current weather i say try to get away from the apps and and find your you don't even have to watch me or anybody at channel seven you can watch whoever you like to watch but find a local meteorologist that you like because they're going to give you the real-time updates that you need to know to make sometimes life change or not life-changing but life-saving decisions there's wow. been times where We've been under tornado watches or secret thunderstorm watches, and some of the apps aren't aren't relaying that to you, you know. So it's just like they're just. I, I wouldn't rely on an app. I would find a, an actual human meteorologist that has the knowledge and intuition to to know when and where things are going on that could save your life. Yeah, so. I have an emergency kit and I have a weather radio. Good. Just Good. the lights go out. I mean, it's a yeah. that you could crank or it could survive yep. off of uh, yep. these, uh, direct sunlight to like generate some energy. Yeah, no, that's really radio. So it's it's important to have those types of things in your in your household to make sure totally. that you're on top of weather reports, especially when the lights go out. Right. Um, if people want to follow in your footsteps, yep. what's the type of studies that they have to um, take? To make yeah. them a successful meteorologist. So it is heavily involved with math and science. Um, and there's different routes you can go, though. So um, you can do a Bachelor of Science in Meteorology. That's going to be your, like, top umbrella degree that you can get, right? Because you, you do all the math, you do all the physics, you do all the high-level math. It's basically... You basically do the uh, same math that engineers do, so it's like way up there, right? Up and with there. that, yeah, and with that, you can you can work in TV, you can work at the National Weather Service, you can work at airports, you can do all things meteorology, right? I started with that, and I ended up going to the Mississippi State route because they have a broadcast they have a broadcast meteorology program, so you still learn the ins and outs of meteorology, but so many things are automated now with computer models where you don't need to know, you know, calculus two and three and differential equations and linear equations. Um, it, it basically focuses it on TV meteorology, which is basically just being able to present model data. And it's a little, it's a lot less heavy math and science involved. You still need to do cal uh, uh, like calculus and physics and stuff like that, but it's not, uh, again, it's not as heavily involved in that it's a lot more like just being able to again read the model data and, and and all that kind of stuff so if you're a math whiz 
by all means, go for that meteorology degree because it, it can open up more doors for you. If you are a nerd like me about the weather and just want to be on, on TV and be able to present it, then the Mississippi State, the Mississippi State thing is, uh, is, is a solid uh, like way to go um, to, to you know, kind of get you where you want to be. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for oh, of course. a little bit of your weekend to come talk to the podcast. I appreciate the great weather we got today. Oh, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to follow you to learn more about you yeah. and the weather forecast, where can where can they look you up online? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or I guess X and TikTok. Um, I'm more I'm most heavily involved on Instagram and TikTok right now, and you can just find me. It's Mark Pena TV. No spaces, all lowercase. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and uh, and X as well. Um, with those, um, it's Mark. It's the same thing, Mark Pena TV. So, uh, and I'm constantly giving out. I'm putting out all different kinds of content. I see your videos. Um, I see your videos. Yeah, from like behind the scenes stuff to like in depth, like you know, explainers and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you can uh, follow me there. I love it because it's like you're teaching us as you, as we go along following yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate the feedback because, yeah, like I don't have to do those. I just enjoy doing them. So I appreciate the feedback. Thank you. Thanks for educating the community and keeping of us course. safe with great weather reports. Of course. Thanks for having me.